And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. Thank you again, Rich Palladino, the voice of New England, making us sound so good. And ladies and gentlemen, it is I. I am the super producer. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. He is the future booking genius and the prince of pro wrestling podcasts. He is Justin Juice Cannon. Boom. Boom, baby. All right, Juice, let's get to it. Let, let's get to what everybody in the wrestling world is currently talking about, and that is the retirement of VKM, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, from all things WWE. Yeah, it's wild, and a bunch of, like, uh, things have snowballed from it. Like, that one, he retired on Twitter on Friday, and then... There were reports that Brock Lesnar walked out, but that luckily that seemed to you know be resolved pretty quickly because he showed up that night. And it looks like the Roman versus Brock last man standing match is still on, so that's good. Also, Triple H is now the head of creative. Nick Khan and Steph are the co-CEOs, and Steph is the chairman of the board, taking place of her father in both roles. And is there anything else that I missed that has come from this just the fact that there's 14 and a half million dollars tied up in sex scandals right now but oh yeah 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 and of course that's you know the whole uh misconduct misconduct allegations i'm not saying misconduct in quotations saying it's not true i'm saying because it's more than misconduct misconduct to like a very light way of putting it yeah i think it's interesting how much kind of mainstream media is starting to get some attention and heat on this like i was at a party on saturday for one of my girl our fiance's best friends and i was just talking to one of their other friends who's like a casual sports fan you know like he's he's big into like the popular sports but not wrestling and we got on the topic of wrestling somehow and he was like yeah man so vince mcmahon retiring like i was just like dude like didn't expect you to know about that like wild like it's just like to me like wrestling is just this niche like in its own world thing and like Vince has wanted to to take WWE to that upper echelon of being back in popular media, being back in something that is relevant to the society and to the world. But I don't think this is the way that he really wanted it to go. When you do bad things, bad things happen to you, though. So, unfortunately, Vince, you, you didn't get what you wanted. Also, it's just like kind of weird, like on Friday, like watching it and people doing the thank you, Vince chants. I'm like, yeah, he, he's done a lot for wrestling business and I understand it, but like, I don't know if I would have joined in the chance because as much as I, I love wrestling and love what he's done creatively in a lot of ways, I can't support this. And I'm glad that he's away from the company. Like we talked about before, we said when the allegations came up, we talked about it when they first arose. This can't be brushed off. This can't be something where he wins. We're both hoping that he would pay the consequences. And it looks like he maybe, maybe he'll win the case. But 
he's not going to be with WWE anymore. So that's that's good. That's one consequence there. Hopefully, he does have to, you know, pay for what he's done to these women. I mean, I don't know the details. I don't really want to. I mean, I don't know. It's tough, but I think WWE's in good hands. People have been campaigning for Triple H to be head of creative for years. And I think I'm excited to see what he does. What what Raw was the first episode that he was really, you know, on the helm. And it right now it seems like he's being respectful of some of the creative choices of Vince. But well, and I think they'll, you know, slowly transform into a vision that, you know, creative that. Yeah, this is this is Triple H, not Vince. And maybe we'll see that tonight with NXT because we're recording this day at NXT. And I know Triple H probably isn't happy with how his his baby NXT has been looking. I don't know, maybe the upset Zoe Stark wins the title because that's that's a Triple H person. That's a person that Triple H was behind. And um, I don't know, we'll see who gets pushed in all the companies going forward. I'm, I'm, I really hope that Champa is, I mean, there's a lot of things we hope we could go on this for this for like hours. There's lots of people I really want to benefit from this, but I'll just say two and it's Champa. I really hope that maybe get him like in the United States title picture and not just doing sneak attacks and being Mrs. Lackey. I hope they split them up very soon. Cause I know that's a triple H guy. And another person is LA Knight, which it looks like that might be happening because the he is no longer Max Dupree. Maxine Dupree is a new uh, maximum male model's head, and she was Sophia Cromwell in NXT with Rob Stone and um, uh, what's that dude? The the big dude with the big forehead. Um, <laughs> I watch every week. <laughs> oh, Von Wagner. <laughs> and um, yeah, so she's Maxine Dupree and LA Knight. Hopefully he returns on SmackDown as LA Knight and as a wrestler, not a manager. And yeah, I think, like I said, the, those are two I'll say, but there's a lot of hope. What are you hoping changes with Triple H running the show? Well, I'm a mark for black and gold NXT. Let me just say that. Black and gold NXT, watching those matches were some of my favorite wrestling moments, watching it with other people, people who hadn't watched a lot of wrestling before, and they loved the storytelling inside and outside the ring. So I think that it's going to be a huge step forward for creative. I think Triple H is really going to shine light on a lot of the guys that fans have been asking for. I feel like Triple H's perspective on wrestling and like who he's probably going to help bring in is going to be a lot better. And I know it's definitely going to be tough to, to fill the shoes of Vince McMahon, who created this dynasty. And I, I will admit, I tweeted my thank you, Vince, but I ended it with you crazy bastard. Because at the end of the day, Vince McMahon is just a crazy fucking dude. And I mean that both in an endearing and a serious way. <laughs> but I hope that we do see a lot less of the people who are good wrestlers not being able to showcase that they're good wrestlers. One thing Triple H actually said in an interview, I think back in 2016, was that he, if he was in charge of WWE, he would make Raw a two-hour show. How do you feel about that? I think with the amount of cuts they've made, I'd be on board with that because the roster's not as big as it used to be. A part of me thinks he's going to bring back some of the people who haven't signed with AEW, like the Nixon Newells, the Dakota Kai's, and uh, Dexter Loomis's, and people like that. And I'm not saying how are you, how did you not say Johnny Gargano? Oh yeah, I mean, of course, my boy, uh, my boy Johnny. Uh, 
I, I think I didn't say that one because I kind of expect, even if Vince was still in charge, it kind of seemed like Johnny's waiting for get the call back anyways. Like I know there are rumors when Vince was still in charge that Johnny is probably going to go back to WWE. And once he's ready, the return to the ring. So that's why I didn't say that initially, but um, definitely like, I, I think he's going to be coming back. I don't think he's going to be all elite, but you know, I've been around plenty of times before, so who knows? Yeah, if he brings back people and the roster starts to get a little, you know, big again, then I think it's better to stay with three hours. I mean, is it a long show? Yes. Do I get like, you know, do I just want it to end in two hours? Yeah, but like I can just change the channel <laughs> or DVR it and watch it in two parts. It's not a big deal. I think getting the people TV time is more important than I don't know. Like we live in like everyone can DVR. Like if you have problems watching three hours straight, then don't watch three hours straight. Record it. Watch half one time. Watch half later. You don't have to watch three hours back to back. We have a lot of freedom as viewers in today's society. So that's a dumb thing to bitch about. I mean, I have I bitched about it, sure. But like it's a dumb thing to bitch about all the same. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean. I think it should stay three hours too. Like I, I kind of like what you said, like I would just be afraid of people not getting TV time, but I feel like the way that the shows be built out, I feel like Triple H has a better understanding of like your opener needs to open well. The middle of your show needs to kind of be like a, like start us to get to the co- the climax. And then like the main event is where that climax happens. So I feel like throughout the show, there'll be enough wrestling, enough storyline progression and enough like fun stuff sprinkled in between. Because at its core, WWE has always been fun. And wrestling is fun. I feel like Vince McMahon kind of lost sight of that and just started being a crazy old man running a wrestling company. And then I feel like sometimes with AEW, they have too much fun. And I feel like Triple H has always been a good storyteller. He always was able to know what the crowd wanted and like know how to work smart rather than like overwork a match. And then... Yeah, so so I, I see Triple H building the show well, and I feel like he is going to be a lot more prone to, like, opinions of other people, like, taking in, like, constructive criticism, rather than, like, Vince McMahon was this person where, like, all you had to do was go knock on his door, but if you went and knocked on his door, like, and he didn't like your idea, like, you got you got nowhere with it, you know? I, I'm hoping that we get a lot more of the black and gold NXT feel, plus with WWE potentially transitioning to this TV14 style. I don't know. I, I feel like Triple H can make a gritty wrestling show that appeals to a lot of people. Yeah, we already saw like a little blood last night, but I don't think that's a. I don't think they transitioned TV fourteen on TV yet. I mean, I don't want to spend too much more time on this because we got other topics. But um, one thing I'm curious with Vince being gone because I'm sure it's an idea that Vince really backed and the Vince guys were Kevin Dunn and stuff like that were back was the next in line and them bringing in college athletes like track stars and, and uh, college football players and volleyball players and like um, bring them in like these contracts once they in college to come in and like, you know, you see your lash legends and people come out, stuff like that. And your brown breakers, they just had like three batches next in line. Do you think some of those people are gonna, I don't know, maybe the contracts like, diminish because i doubt it's really a thing that triple h is fully behind i would imagine that it would diminish 
I mean, I think that they'll probably still appeal to people who like have interest in wrestling. I just think they should be a little bit more selective with the people they're choosing. It should be people who at least know what wrestling is. But then we get guys like Big E, who was a college athlete, didn't know much about wrestling, came into WWE one day, and is now like one of my favorites. So will you find your Brock Lesnar's and your Big E's? I'm sure you will. But like, is it worth combing through all of the shit to find the gold? I don't really think so. Because, I mean, there's so many. And I, I, like, some of these newbies are on NXT 2.0. Like, I really don't like them. Like, Lash Legend, I really hate her. No, as, I'm sure she's nice. I just mean as a wrestler. Like, every time she's on TV, I just want her to leave. Like, I think she's just so bad. And I just don't want more of that. I t- and it's not like she's the only one that's kind of like that. Some of the ones that we're seeing on 2.0 are actually hitting pretty well. Like, uh, Tiffany, I, I, I like Tiffany uh, Stratton. She, I think she's a good heel. I mean, she, it, it's a character we've seen plenty of times before, but she's doing a good job. She's a good athlete. I think she actually could like progress into something pretty good and really good. But then there's, like I said, there's <laughs> Flash Legends and um, I don't know, some other, like I, I'm not big on Damon Kemp. I think his wrestling background, he's got some potential in the ring, but like, I don't know. I don't think the character work and the, other stuff that ring psychology will really ever fully develop. Cause I think that's something you have or you don't, and it's hard to cultivate. And I don't see it cultivating with him. I think triple H really being headed talent relations again, and really being a guy who ciphers in the talent that comes in, it's going to just be the best. We're going to get our indie guys, maybe like Alec price will get signed. <laughs> Guys like that, that are like young, talented indie wrestlers. That's what I want. I want the people who know what they're doing, that have been trained in this stuff more than the homegrown talent. Not saying I don't want any homegrown talent. You get your shit shows at Lash Legends, but then you get people like Tiffany Stratton or um, Tatum Paxley, who has potential too. And Nikita Lyons. Nikita, I, I, I treat her the same way as Lash Legend. <laughs> She's a pretty face, but I really don't like her as a wrestler. <laughs> I like her a little bit more than Lash Legend. I'll, I'll never... Lash Legends, the hate for Lash Legend is like comparable to the hate I had towards Nia Jax. <laughs> Just that go-away heat. Yeah. Like, no. Well, from, from bad wrestling to good wrestling, we are, at the time of this recording, one week removed from Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. And Juice, I'll be honest, I have watched all but the main event of this show so far. <laughs> so what do you think of the, the rest of the event? I really liked it. I'll be honest. Like I said, I had to go to a party on Saturday. So I couldn't go to the show. And I am genuinely, genuinely upset that I could not be in that wrestling environment. Yeah, so... One of the first things I did, I actually didn't end up sending a text, but when I watched, I wasn't there live because I don't live in Massachusetts because I suck. I was like in a live viewing party in a bar in Vegas and watching it and I'm watching the main event. And right as soon as the main event ends, I start texting you. I say, you fucked up. And I didn't end up sending it because <laughs> I do a rub in your face. But the main event, oh my God, uh, match of the year so far. I didn't think they could top the match they did at uh, Supercard of Honor in April, but they did. And like, I, I do like ratings and matches. I don't want to post them, but like, uh, just for fun, like, right on my phone sometimes. And I was like, 
I usually don't go above a five, you know, if there's a five, because like I don't like when people do that. But if it's a match that's really, really fucking fantastic, I will. And this is a if I'm running out of five, it's five point two five. Like baby, it was a masterpiece. And it was like over 40 minutes long. And it did not feel like that long. Like it, they got to the 20 minutes and the announcer said, oh, we're 20 minutes in the match. I'm like, what? It feels like five minutes. And they're not like flippy, fast-paced wrestlers. They're just telling a really interesting, great story with really good like traditional wrestling and like hard-hitting and brutal and just smart uh, tag team psychology in the ring. And just, it was a masterpiece. And the whole event was really good. Like even the matches that I really didn't care for to watch going into, like surprised me. Like on uh, six man tag, I wasn't really into that going into because I'm not a big fan of Dalton Castle and the boys. But it was a I fun was match. such a fun match. I fucking love Dalton Castle and the boys. Now, like I was sold. Like I like when Dalton Castle appeared. He was appeared in AEW, right? Like yeah, the, uh, that that was a one off, right? Was it was it was kind of like a one off? Yeah, I forget who we were. He had a singles match, and it was. It was really bad. Yeah. But, like, I, you know me, I love characters. And, like, that is a fucking awesome character. Like, Dalton Castle and the boys, I fucking love that concept so much. But I had a lot of fun watching that match, too. I completely agree. Like, I, I almost skipped it. And then I, I saw Dalton Castle's entrance, and I was like, all right, maybe I'll stick around. And I was definitely happy I did. He's a good character, and it's an interesting dynamic between him and the boys. I think it's mainly the matches usually miss for me. I've seen him more in indies and, like, I don't know, like, AEW Dark than I have in Ring Honor. And, like, Ring Honor, there's the story. So, like, matches hit more and the moments hit more. But when you're watching the indies, it's not the same character. So it doesn't hit the same. It was a fun match, and there wasn't really a match in the card I didn't like. I didn't watch the pre-show, which had, like, four matches. I also didn't watch the pre-show. I didn't realize the Willow match was on the pre-show. I thought that was going to be in the main card, so it's kind of bummed. But I heard she won, so yeah, go Willow. The Yuna match, I like that. It was really technical and ground-based. That match banged. I loved watching that match. Yeah, because it was a good representation of the pure wrestling style. They did good homage to it. It was good storytelling. And I love Garcia being like the anti-Ring Honor guy. And I really love their rivalry. Like, definitely... I'm hoping they get a rampage match soon. I'm I, they're not done with each other. They we already know that, and they're they have great chemistry, and they're both two of the most promising young stars. There, I know Yuda gets all the love, but Garcia is damn good. I mean, people do respect his talent in the ring, but Dan, that dude, he like when I first saw him, I'm like, this guy's pretty good. He'll be a pretty good mid cutter. Now I think that you could brand him as the new pill, one of the four new pillars, maybe. Like, I think he's a guy that AEW can really back and expect to be a future multi-time world champ, team T champ, just anything you want to do. This is the guy that I think can main event. Like, we already saw what he can do in a main event of Rampage with a guy like Punk. And he wasn't carried by Punk. If anything, I'd say it's the reverse. I'm not saying he was Punk was carried by I'm just saying I remember that match and I remember just – how good Garcia was, but of course, Punk is very good at making the other guy look very good and sometimes better than him. That's that's what Punk does. He's a pro. But yeah, uh, and, and this is another match that I was extremely impressed with both men, but especially Garcia. Like I'm all I'm all on board of a Garcia hype train. 
And from the beginning of the match, or the beginning of the show, rather, I was very surprised that the first match ended up being the uh, world title match. Me too. I was a little surprising, but hearing about the story of the match afterwards definitely makes things seem a little bit more interesting. Because first off, I really liked the match. I saw a lot of reviews, people being like, oh, Gresham didn't look like he was all into it and didn't come out with the mask, didn't come out with his entrance typically. So like, you know, it's not going to be a good match. And like people, I feel like gave it a little bit of slight for that reason. But like you had Jonathan Gresham going against Claudio fucking Castagnoli. Like that's that's on paper. That's a great match. And I think they delivered. And I understand Gresham's whole situation of requesting his release and he felt that there was communication issues. And I, I still think that he went up, showed, went to work, uh, respected Claudio enough to give him a good match, good finish, shook hands after. And if that's the last we see a Gresham on Ring of Honor AEW TV, then, I mean, he went out on his back, but he did it against a great opponent in a great match. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. And when they first said the show, I thought it was going to be the co-main because they said there's two mains and i knew the tag the tag had to be a main that can't not be the finish but um i thought this would be second last and maybe the first match would be joe versus lethal but it was you know the reverse joe and lethal second to last in this first and uh it was only like 11 minutes and it was a good match and i liked watching a match and i'd probably give it like 3.25 out of 5 but i do feel like i've seen gresham compete in places where he's having fun like it's pretty clear when he's enjoying himself and really like feeling the crowd and feeling the moment and wants to wrestle for that company i didn't feel that here i felt like he just wanted to be good enough that it doesn't make him look bad for potential companies and other opportunities but not good enough that he didn't want to give his best to a, a company that's you know, kind of frustrating him recently it could have been another level like both these guys are phenomenal that could have been a lot better and you can tell i i, I could tell that gresham was holding back this was before like the talk i saw the, the releases so i i wasn't thinking he was mad at the company i was more so thinking he might be hurt that's what i was thinking i was going like watching the match i'm like is he hurt is is that why they're kind of holding back but no it's more so seems like he's just pissed so yeah that is uh it was just it was weird it was a good match luckily there are no bad matches in this card and it ended with one of the just the greatest tag team matches i've ever seen and it was uh it was fun and i really hope ring on it gets like a a show back soon either in fight or like i don't know i know uh warner bros is um associated with uh like teen team stuff and TBS, so maybe like a HBO Max thing. I don't know. That'd be cool. Give me more Ring Honor. <laughs> I agree. After after Death for Dishonor, I definitely am way more interested in keeping up with Ring of Honor. Great show. But just going back to the Gresham stuff, I know one note you have on our note sheet here was talking about the AEW communication issues and how other people seem to confirm this. And I mean, we've seen that other times with Janela, Marco, Brian Cage has claimed this as well. Do you think that there is that like sort of miscommunication issue within AEW, or do you think maybe it's just they weren't Tony Khan's shiny toys and they just didn't get the proper attention? And I know it's not Tony Khan to blame, and I'm not saying it's like Chris Daniels to blame either, but whoever it is, you know, whoever 
culminated into that miscommunication, you know, do you, do you think there's a problem there? I mean, I do. I mean, I know that you're going to give more attention as head of creative and head of company and give more attention to your top guys. And that's fair. I'm not, don't blame Tony for that. My blame Tony for is not making sure that the communication is upfront and concise and just your talent knows what you're expecting of them and they know what to expect from you. And it's just clear communication and you at least try to make effort, talk to them personally, which it does sound like he does. Like I've heard that he does try to talk to everyone. It's just like, he's a busy guy, which fair, of course. But um, yeah, make sure the guys that do com- com- communicate with the Joey Janela's, the Brian Cages and John Gresham, they know what they're doing. And these issues where they get frustrated and mad don't happen. Cause I mean, Joey Janela also got mad. I know five had, it seems like five had communications issues too. I don't know if he got mad, but I've heard like, you know, Brian Cage obviously is mad and that's fair. It kind of seems like it's kind of weird. Like Brian Cage was the shiny next big thing for like a, a minute and then they kind of just dropped him and he just didn't know what the fuck was going on and then at one moment he thought he was going to get released and or uh, he didn't think they were going to resign his contract and then out of nowhere oh you got <laughs> resigned and he's just confused and the situations like that shouldn't happen like if you <laughs> if you're going to resign you should know and not be surprised well and he's still surprised because he was part of tully's uh, little faction there and now tully's out so like didn't you see his tweet where he literally was like, well, I guess this is short-lived and it was him in like the factions t-shirt. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, just when you first start a company like this, like, I guess there's going to be, I'm not surprised there are communication issues. They're only a few years in, but definitely something that needs to be revolved quick before it impacts. I don't want to like discourage the talent that's been affected because I mean, Gresham's amazing and I like Janela and these guys are talented people, but hopefully it doesn't get to a point where it affects your product, like guys that you can really build a company around. Well, I think that segues us perfectly into the last topic of this episode. And it's a very interesting little uh, discussion topic you bring up to the table here, Juice. So why don't you uh, tell the people your thoughts behind it? Yeah, so I was just, uh, at first, this is going to be a lot longer, and maybe I will do the longer version in the future, but I'll do it this quick version. Um, It's like a, each of us will give like eight people or tag teams that we'd build a company around, and obviously not the only people, they're just the main, like the big eight, and, uh, you know, we just say where they are, they can be from any promotion the promotion we're building, we'll just say it's a big one. I I actually initially was going to say one big company where we can use anyone and second one would be only indie talent. We can't use signed like big people. Yeah, we're just doing the first one. Just uh, build wrestling company around eight people. Uh, no rules and limitations besides, you know, they have to be um, have to be alive and active or have been active recently that you could, you know, it's realistic to the, for them to make a return, but don't get too big with it. Like don't, don't, don't use the rock. <laughs> Damn. I was going to say the rock, John Cena, Brock Lesnar. I'm just kidding. No, I, I have, I have a few realistics in mind, I think. So uh, I'll start off. And my first is, um, this one's probably a pretty obvious one. It's Walter. I feel like a company needs a big, a big, heavy, a big, Big dude, big brawler, big bruiser, the big man. It's a wrestling staple. You can't, I don't think you can really have a company without a marquee big man. So 
Walter's my Walter's my first pick here. And you know how much I love Walter. He's just got the look. He's got the presence. He's just a genius in the ring. And the dude just doesn't know how not to be entertaining because he's always entertaining. I think that's pretty fair. I think that Ward, or, uh, that Walter is very interesting. Would you make him Walter, not Gunter? I think on here, we'll do a little, I'd let him. I'm like, if you want to be Gunter, sure. But, you know, it's up to you. But I think you'd probably choose Walter. <laughs> But I don't know. I've never met him. No, talked to him. So, I, yeah, I'd probably make him be Walter. And I'd rather the more Imperium side of it than the Gunther side of it. All right. Well, I'm going to go with like a – I'll go with, with my first pick being like somebody I think is pretty obvious, the tag team. And I feel like if you're going to center a tag team division around any tag team in the world right now, it's FTR. I mean – Seven star FTR, banger after banger after banger, pure white meat baby face. Like these two dudes cannot miss right now. I mean, I, I, I just have nothing else to say about them. Like, I just love FTR. I love listening to their interviews. Like, Dax is just so outspoken about his own mental health struggles. And like both of them actually are very outspoken about their struggles how they've overcome it and how like people can just do whatever they want if they believe and bet on themselves. And that is what they've done. So if I'm a building a wrestling company and even as single stars, you know, they can stay together, but still wrestle singles matches. Like those are two dudes I want on my roster. I'll just make it easy. My second pick was FTR too. And I mean, I had a feeling we'd both choose them and you went into it. I mean, these guys are the best tag team in the world. They're also just lovable. I mean, he's in interviews just like with the stuff with Dax's daughter and all they've went through both together and separately and just, they can be great heels, but right now they can't be heels because everyone just loves them because they're just awesome. You can tell they're having a blast out there all the time they're they're just masters of the craft like they bring the old school style and transform it in a way that fits in the modern wrestling that we have today and they blend they have chemistry with everyone like it's they're another like walter that you, you can't not be entertained by these guys they're always entertaining i mean well, everyone has their opinion. Some people don't like them. And those people are what I call wrong. <laughs> but yeah, that's my second pick, FTR as well. Hey, man, they've won seven titles across seven different promotions. You can't really knock that. If you're a top guy in all the companies you've been in, you can't knock that. So for my second pick, I think I'm going to go to the women here. I'm not going to pick my true main event stars just yet. Although I think this is a woman that could be easily in the main event. And I'm going to assume that this is also a repeat for both of us. Because if anybody knows, if there's one particular woman that's talked about more than any other wrestling women on this podcast, it is Bailey. <laughs> so Juice was all right? Yeah, you're right. Of course, of course <laughs> she's on mine. I mean, this same thing with Bailey as it is with FTR. Whether it's a pure white meat babyface or as a heel, and personally, I think I'd keep her in as a heel because role model Bailey was such a great character, carried WWE through the COVID era, through the no fans era. So entertaining, amazing in the ring, tells such a great story. I mean, we sang Bailey's praises enough on this podcast, and I'm probably just repeating everything I've ever said about her, but it's it's true. 
She is somebody that you can have within a woman's locker room, build up the young women, great person to be a dance partner with, great person to be a learning tree under, like Bailey, 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 main event star for sure. That's a good one. Um, I mean, I already confirmed that one of mine's Bailey, so you can go to your next one. <laughs> well, I didn't know if you had anything to say about Bailey. I mean, I wanted to give you the floor at least. I mean, 50% of our podcasts are me raving about how much I love Bailey and how much I miss Bailey. So uh, I think is, people... is Bailey coming back at SummerSlam? Oh, dude, I hope so. It's just like every event I think is going to happen, it doesn't. And I just, I feel like if I say it's not going to happen, then it will. And then I'll just scream joy for like three hours straight after it happens. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that she does get involved in that Liv Morgan feud. But, like, I don't want Liv to lose so soon. But at the same time, like, Bailey probably could take a loss and still be good. And, like, that would really build Liv's stock. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because she could debut in either women's title match because she got hurt before, during, in the middle of a feud with Bianca. So she definitely attack after that. Or, of course, we see, you know, she loves Liv and she would be happy to put over Liv. So that'd be good too. And yeah, give me Bailey. Um, she's just she's the best. Bailey is the best. She's the real EST. Fuck you, Bianca. Just kidding. You're cool too, but Bailey, Bailey for life. <laughs> so for my next one, I am gonna go with one of the men that I would put into my main event spot. Somebody who we do not have the pleasure of seeing on our TVs at this current time. And that is one Maxwell Jacob Friedman, because I miss MJF on my TV, kind of going back to the AEW communication things. I just do truly hope that him and AEW can tide over whatever problems there are between the two, because I fucking love MJF gets it. He is just such a great heel. I would never have him turn. I would never have him waver for who he is. He is a forever heel. He is going to also forever have my heart too. Yeah, he's the man, and the only reason he's not in my because you know I'm a big supporter of his. Like, um, I still love AEW, but I think without him, it's notably not as good. And definitely a guy like they need him back. It, not just they should have him back; they need him back. He's important to that show. He's a focal point. Only reason he's not mine is I realize I had like three like. As my three singles male stars, my top guys. I mean, you'd bring other people in the company, but they're all heels, and I feel like I needed a face. And the one I have is like barely a face, but uh, we'll get to that. Well, I'll, I'll just get to it now. It's a rival of his. It's a guy that he'd work well with everyone. He's a guy will groom people and put people over. He won't have too many years left in his career, you know, and then I'll replace him with one of the other guys in my roster once he puts him over. And it's Punk, CM Punk. I'd use him as a face at least for a while because I need a, I need a face because I got Walter, I got him, and when you get to my other guy, it's a heel. Well, it's a guy who has been a face, but I want him as a heel. So I do not have Punk on my list, but I think that's also a great choice. I feel like Punk is definitely a, a good one to build a company around, yeah, because it brings in the name value. That just also made my like my last pick harder because I'm still debating between three people for the same role in my last pick. So I'm going to save that. I'm going to table that for now. But 
I think I'm going to cheat a little bit with my next one here. Because I'm going to choose the bloodline. Because I want Roman Reigns and I want the Usos. And I want Paul Heyman at that point, too. Builds my main event. Helps give FTR one of their best dance partners I've ever had. I think the bloodline is an easy choice here, Juice. That's a good one. And I didn't really think of taking factions as like a pick. I'll accept it. And it kind of makes me, I would have probably picked Blackpool Combat Club instead of uh, Punk. If I'm being honest. But I'm going to stay with Punk. I'm going to stay with the they I have. I'm not going to change them. Actually, am I going to change them? No, no, I'm not going to change them. I, I, my tag, uh, I'm going to go with my next tag team. And this one might come out of left field. It's not a team really seen as a big one. It's not seen as a top team. But I've loved, I'm a huge fan of them. They just actually had their names, individual names changed. They're now cronies of a guy in NXT. I was hoping that when they came back, it would be called up to WWE's main roster and not as cronies and not like repackaged. Uh, I'm talking about grizzled young veterans. I'm talking about Drake and Gibson. Uh, I love these dudes. I think Gibson is just phenomenal on the mic. And they're both just really smart wrestlers. And I think their style of wrestling blends perfectly with FTR. I think they're guys who would have perfect chemistry ring and really would be a rivalry that would go back and forth multiple times. I can put these two in the ring as my top teams and have them trade the titles all the time. And of course, like have other tag teams too, but these would be the focal points of my tag division. And I feel like GYV is worthy of being a tag, top tag team. Of course, I'd have them more be the, the heels and the secondary to FTR because FTR is the top guys and they're not going to... Maybe there'll be stints where, of course, they'll lose to GYV, but usually by dirty tactics because GYV is the heels and FTR is your lovable faces and lovable tag faces of the company. But yeah, GYV is my pick. That's also a really good pick. I think that's definitely out of left field for sure, but if, if you want to send it and you want to put them on the spot, I feel like they would definitely deliver in that position. So I have one more tag team kind of on my list. Again, kind of cheating, kind of not, though, because they have been a legit tag team. But it's a three-man tag team, and it's the New Day. Because <laughs> Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, and Big E, again, carried wwe for a moment of time like from 20 like when did they become a thing like 2016 ish like from 2016 to like even probably up to like 2019 2020 before they started getting their breakups like they were the biggest merch movers in wwe they were transcending that wwe media to being like regular media icons they were so hip so good in the ring had so many great matches again just if my tag team division was exclusively FTR, the bloodline, and any combination of the New Day, I think I would be great. And I get the main event guys and Big E. So, you know, again, kind of cheating because I get like three guys for pick of one. But like, I don't think you can overlook the New Day here, Juice. I'm not surprised in the least that that was on your list. <laughs> I was honestly expecting it earlier. And when you said the bloodline, I'm like, oh, maybe he won't do a new day. And then as soon as you said three-man tag, I'm like, oh, okay, here it comes. <laughs> here they are. Uh, the good pick in FTR, New Day, and the Usos. That's just magic. The lead of Dag Division. That's great. That's um, you, you're, you know, you're building the AW like company with the tag division just 
you know, making the money for you. My next pick is going to be my second lady, the main rival of Bailey. And it's going to be someone who's a heel right now, but usually face and someone that should be a face because they get too many cheers. There's other people. I, I initially had several other women in this place. Like, um, by side, if I'm making a company, you need the biggest names. And I think since the tag division's a little risk with the unproven team in the big spot like GYV, I need to get big stars for the women's division, especially since the third woman, yeah, I have another one we'll get to later, isn't a big star yet, but she's great in ring. But um, yeah, Becky Lynch is a pick here. Becky Lynch is going to be the, the face. It's Bailey, Bailey's mainly going to be a heel for me. Um, but they can trade like you can go back and forth because I think Becky will get booed in a feud with the right person. If you're feuding with Bailey or Sasha, I think the fans would boo her if you really do it right because all three of them are pretty equal in popularity. So, yeah, that's my pick here, Becky. So I have one more woman on my list. It's not Becky, though. But I think Becky's a really good choice. And I feel like for the same reasons as you just stated, I can I, I think that Sasha Banks, although she probably would be predominantly a heel, I feel like her and Bailey would just be running ramshot across my women's division. It would give me the opportunity to be building up another woman to being like a babyface hero. So I don't actually have another woman on my list, but I do think that Sasha kind of like what you said, has that star power. She has already transcended other forms of media. She is Snoop Dogg's cousin. She she is also from Boston, so that helps a lot. But I think that Sasha is an amazing talent, and whatever her and WWE have going on right now, I'm hoping that, again, I don't know that I, like this is going to sound kind of like rude, but like with Vince out of the door, I'm hoping that opens it for her and Naomi to come back because I need Sasha on my TV too. So I love Sasha Banks. Great character. I think the boss is super unique, super innovative, both in ring, out of the ring. And again, chemistry with Bailey is out of this world. That's a good one. And I considered that with Becky because originally I just had Deanna Brazo, but I decided if I'm going to, I can ease, she's young, so I can ease her in that starting role. Maybe, like I said, these eight aren't the only people on our roster. So, like, these people really build around, really uh, make the focal point. Um, my next one's another one that might not seem like a top player, but she just keeps wowing me in the ring. Uh, recently, Death by Dishonor at Double or Nothing. Like, she's not getting enough buzz for how good she is. And I personally think at Double or Nothing, my favorite match was hers. I know the Anarchy Arena and all these uh, uh, triple threat tag team matches and stuff like that, all the talk and, of course, the main event. But, like, nothing's you know, wrestling, it comes down to a one-on-one -on -one match can be the best match. The Serena D versus Rosa was awesome, and I love that match. And yet my pick is Serena Deep here. I think Serena Deep technically is a person that can blend well with both Bailey and Becky. I think it'd be a good third woman to really revolve around the women's division. I think she's, she comes around, she's not the best in the mic, but I don't think she's bad. Like, she's a good heel. I think she's good, like, arrogant and cocky, but sometimes it's, I mean, wrestling is, it's bad acting. Let's, let's be real. Like, you can be a great wrestler and be a bad actor. <laughs> so I don't hold that against her. I like the old 
the traditional feel wrestlers and she gives me similar vibes to FTR in that sense that she's traditional but she also she brings traditional wrestling in a modern way and her offense is very innovative but not innovative in high flying and acrobatic way but innovative in just her flexibility and her submissions and certain spots that aren't maybe big wow moments but they impress me because they're just things like, wow, that's creative. That's a cool way to really blend the story and like be aggressive in a different way than just like low blowing or stuff like that. Or I don't know. She's, she just wows me every time she's in the ring. So yeah, that's my pick. I think Deeb is a great pick here too. Uh, I, again, I, I kind of share the same sentiments as you is, is as I see more of her matches recently, I, I'm a little bit more tuned in a little bit more like, okay, I really fuck with Serena Deeb. A, a great women's wrestler. And she's also been around the block too. She brings a little bit of a veteran presence to your locker room. And again, I kind of, it seems like you and I both are going at the route of bringing in more experienced women to be building up the women's division, which I think is something that AEW needs to start doing a little bit more. Like, I know we got people like Ruby, we got people like Deeb, you got people who have been around the block, but you still have a lot of people like, Ty and Anna and even Jade to a point too, where they're still so new and they're still so young that they haven't seen it. They haven't been in other companies, you know, uh, that, yeah, I, I think that they're a company that needs women that are veterans and Deeb, I think is a great one that is going to be taking that role, hopefully future wise in AEW. So for my next one, I've crossed it out four times. I have, I'm now debating my last two because my last one, I still have yet to choose, but it's because they have a specific role. So I had originally written Wardlow here because I was like, well, I need a big man. And then I thought about it and I was like, well, I have Big E, I have Reigns, like I do have big guys on my roster. So I crossed him out, but then I wrote Samoa Joe. So I was like, well, I want a veteran presence, you know, but then that's what my last point I'm arguing with myself with is. So I'm like, well, I'm already arguing who is going to be my veteran man on the roster. So then I was like, well, I need another young star to be building up. So I have two. And I think that they're on completely different spectrums of each other. And I'm probably going to be picking the one that you won't expect me to pick. Um, and the two that I'm arguing myself between right now is Ricky Starks and Will Ospreay. I'm surprised it wasn't someone you'd pick already. What's that? Uh, those are good picks, but I'm surprised there. Maybe this is your last pick, but I'll let you continue. And then I'll maybe after we're done, I'll say who I thought you were going to take at one point. Okay. But so I'm arguing for Ricky Starks because I think that he has a future. He is such a great character. He's really started to come along in the ring and just, I don't know. Like he, he just has it, man. Like I love seeing that dude on my TV. That dude should have been a tag team champion three times over at this point. Like if Ricky Starks is in my company, he is my next main event guy. He might start off like on the fringe, but he's still going to be one of those focal points gets the big feuds. And then Will Ospreay is Will Ospreay guaranteed to put on a classic match no matter where he goes and kind of as we were talking about like 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 the forbidden door was really one of my biggest opportunities to to watch will osprey in a match that you know like, like i was like versus orange cassie like how good can this match actually be and it was fucking phenomenal <laughs> so I, I'm arguing between like 
do I want my young star to be somebody that I'm going to continue to build up has great character or somebody who already has a good enough character and is amazing in the ring, but is also still very young. So I think I'm going to choose Ricky Starks here, both for the shock factor and the point of I legitimately would put eggs in baskets for Ricky Starks if I ran a company. So I'm going to go with Ricky Starks here. He's got the presence and he's got the mind skills. That's a good pick. Um, And also as awesome as Osprey is, it's a little, you know, I feel like you can run people the wrong way. So I think you picked the good person. Uh, I mean, obviously Starks runs people the wrong way, but that's on camera. That's the character. <laughs> so I'm sure. That's why I love him. I'm up to my final one now. And my final person is going to be a rival of punk and a guy that guy that can be a tweener like punk too. Like if punk gets hurt, I think this is a guy that can feud with Walter uh, a guy that can help be, build people up, a guy that has uh, a, a guy that's really just smart in the ring, one of the top wrestlers in the world, a guy who's just he's just money, dude. He's had some of the biggest WrestleMania moments out there. He's one of the biggest stars in wrestling. He has a huge name and presence about him, but I still think he's not talked about enough of how good he is. And it's Seth Rollins. I know some people are probably surprised that listening to this podcast. I didn't say Riddle as my, but um, this is business. For, this is uh, business decisions, but Riddle would 100% be in my company. But now the last guy's Rollins, a person that will end his career in my company, this, you know, hypothetical company with the most title reigns. It's either going to be Rollins or Walter. It's going to be one of those two. And probably Rollins, to be perfectly honest, because he isn't just a guy who's smart in the ring like Walter, a guy who has a presence about him. He can, he can really talk and go. He is really creative. I think under this Triple H regime, wrestlers will have more freedom in their storylines. And I think if you give Seth Rollins more freedom, he goes from being uh, amazing once-in-a-lifetime talent to being arguably the GOAT. <laughs> He's that fucking good and uh, one of the best minds for our business. And if I was running a company, he wouldn't just be a star, a guy that helps build a locker room leader. He'd be a guy I'd rely on for creative advice and a guy that would be in there in writing sessions and creative sessions with me. Like I put complete trust in him, 100% but guy trust. And if he tells me, if I have an idea and I think it's the thing we got to do and he tells me the other way, I'd seriously just, you know, reflect and maybe I'd just go with that instead, even though if my gut's telling me to do something else, because he has a better mind for the business than I do. I think it's interesting. So you and I are kind of taking the same spin on our last pick here. And I, I was debating Rollins for being in this, but I'm already debating between three other people. So like, I don't want to throw Rollins and hat in the na- in name in the hat here, but Rollins is a great choice. Again, I completely agree with you. I'm hoping that with this new regime that Rollins does get freedom and just literally cement himself as like, y'all forgot about me. I love Seth Rollins. Truly do love that man. Now for my final pick. The one that I've been debating literally this whole time and I finally made a decision on. The three men that I was debating between and the reasons being that they not only are great in the ring, they have a veteran presence about them, and their guaranteed main event star could be a world champion at any point 
and carry the title with pride, have a good 100, 200 day reign and drop it to somebody great. And they could work face or heel, depending on who their opponent is or who's coming up. And for the first one, it's Brian Danielson. For the second one, it's AJ Styles. And for the third one, which I think might be a surprise, Chris Jericho. I think all three of those guys are so great, can build up that young talent and kind of helm helm factions that build up guys. I mean, Chris Jericho has done it twice now at this point with the Inner Circle and with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Granted, Appreciation Society is still new-ish, still kind of like getting their momentum, but at the same time, people like Daniel Garcia, Magic Man, everybody in that faction, kind of except for Jake Hager, all are just really building themselves up. And I think that's why I'd want to consider Jericho here. But again, age, but having him in a writer's room would be really great. I don't think I'm picking Jericho. Now, between Danielson and AJ, they're like, I don't want to call them the same person, but like in all senses of the word, they both have like the the hard hitting, high impact styles, very smart in the ring. Both have been around the block and back again. World champions and multiple promotions. You can't go wrong with either of those two guys. But you know me. You know that I love a good WrestleMania moment. You know that I love a good underdog story. I'm picking Brian Danielson here, I think. That's a good choice. And all three of them would have been good choices. And um, I think Jericho would have been good in the sense, kind of similar pick to Rollins and what I would, I said I have, you know, for Rollins, the role he'd have in my company. Chris Jericho probably similar and Danielson can too because that dude has been around for a while and has been all over the place and truly loves the shit and would definitely be a great right hand for you and a guy that builds up talent and a guy that's still got you know um I know he's injured but I heard he's coming back this week he's coming back on uh, Dynamite so that's awesome so that's a good pick uh one person that I thought was going to be near eight was Bray Wyatt <laughs> Well, he's not actively wrestling, so I can't pick well, him. I, I, remember I said that guys that they can, like, okay, you know, okay. I said no rock, but I, I should have been more specific. Like, I did say that they, they're a guy, if, if they're not actively wrestling, they can be convinced to, like, it's realistic. I did say a realist, a person that could realistically be involved. Like, fair, be, fair, fair. But I don't uh, really know who I'd replace. I mean, maybe Ricky Starks, but I still want that young wrestler on my roster, you know? Yeah, no, I think you got a good eight. Uh, I just know how much you love Wyatt. You love characters, and um, that's definitely a creative presence that would be pretty awesome to have, like, in a, the back room, too. If, if I could have nine, he would be my ninth. I think that would probably be my ninth, too. Just, um, well, actually, maybe not, because... I, I had him in my eight originally. Like I, I was like, I have too many heels. I need a face. <laughs> so I had Punk. Originally, I had Wyatt, Walter, and Rollins. And I, I had like Walter, Rollins, and Riddle. And I'm just like, I need a face. I need something. So I'm like, I'm going to bring Punk. I can't have... Uh, I think it was originally Walter, Rollins, Riddle. And then I changed Riddle to Wyatt. Then I changed Wyatt to Punk. Then I changed Punk back <laughs> to, 
to Wyatt because I was like, I want Wyatt, but went back to Puck. Yeah, but th- those are eight. And um, so many wrestling company building little activity. I have an idea in the future for a more depth one, but that would be like kind of more of a full episode thing. So we're 100% not doing that anytime soon, but um, or not today because we just did it and this is long. Thanks for listening and let us know yours, but we'll get to that in a little bit where you can, uh, you know, shout out. Well, I almost thought you were going to jump the gun there for a second. You know, we got a little thing we do when we do the outro juice, you know. That's uh, I, thought you were, <laughs> I thought you were jumping the gun. But yes, as we come crashing down to the map on this episode of Top of the Cage, I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. I jumped the gun because normally I ask you to give us our socials before I say that. So uh, if you guys just want to tell us, hey, boys, what the fuck are we doing in this outro here? Juice, where can they tell us? <laughs> Twitter, capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase O, lowercase D. Instagram, T-O-T-C, underscore, P-O-D, lowercase. Let us know your eight that you build company around. Let us know. I don't know if there's people you'd like us to contact and then use that and get an interview. Definitely reach out to them and just anything. Just uh, hit us up or comment on our stuff or DM us. Whatever means of communication you want, you can, will communicate us at because we will probably respond. Amen. And now, as we come crashing down to the mat on this episode of Top of the Cage, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in. And if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please make sure you give us that five-star review. Because if you, specifically you, that person who does not give us that five-star review, do not give us that five-star review, you will not get five-star content. And that is just a fact. And again, thank you all so much for tuning in. And we will catch you next time.